brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Love Talk Radio. everybody to Cinema Royale. I'm your host Travis Hobson and it's been a couple of weeks since I've had a chance to talk to you guys. I, I was out of the out of the state for the, the Thanksgiving holiday uh, and I hope everybody had a terrific one of those. Uh, I know I, I did. had a lot of fun uh, hanging out with my wife's family and eating lots of good food and watching some football and uh you know it's it's been it's been a busy couple of weeks. I'll just put it that way. Uh, we are in the midst of award season, as you well know, and it's just been a crazy number of movies that we've been trying to catch up on over the last few days in preparation for the WAFCA Awards, which is the awards held here in Washington D.C. And our award actually will be coming up next Monday, uh, so we'll be. Uh, we'll be talking about that briefly with my my pal Tim Gordon, who happens to be the president of WAFCA. But uh, before we do that, we're also going to talk about uh, the one major film coming out this week, and and to some an Oscar contender, and and that is uh, Out of the Furnace, which is the follow up film from Scott Cooper, uh, the guy who directed. Uh, um, that's got the name of the movie. All of a sudden, Crazy Heart, uh, the the Jeff Bridges film that won him an Oscar, his first uh, leading man Oscar, finally. Uh, so we'll be talking about that one in just a moment with Tim Gordon. And in about 15 minutes, uh, we're going to be joined by my punch drug homie, Julian Lytell. And we're going to talk a little bit about the future of the Fast and the Furious franchise. Uh, as everybody knows by now, um, the sad news of the untimely passing of uh, Paul Walker, um, and as you would, as you would expect, uh, that has obviously uh, turned that franchise upside down. And now there's a lot of things going on um, where they're trying to figure out what to do next. And it's it's not going to be an easy situation. Uh, that's that much is for sure, because that was probably out of all. Um, all movie sets, especially for long, long-lived franchises, of which that is the longest currently going, um, 
that one had a close-knit group. Uh, everybody involved with that film, um, they considered one another to be family, and the family is very much a theme running through those movies anyway. But the cast, uh, they really saw themselves as family as well. So uh, his passing has obviously left a, a huge uh, hole and uh, Universal struggling to find a way to proceed without him. So we're going to talk a little bit about that with Julian Lytell, who's as much a fan of that franchise as I am. Uh, we're going to kind of kick around some ideas about what they could possibly do next. But before we do that, let's talk to my friend Tim Gordon, who I have seen too much of over the last few weeks. What's up, man? How you doing? Man, I am on the WAFCA page, you know, our, our association page. I, I never saw my name in the, at the top of the leadership board. That was kind of surprising. Like, oh, snap. <laughs> really? Why is your name at the top of the leadership board? Man, they called me. Never mind. I, I see. I started to make a racially insensitive joke, and I, I'm, I'm. I don't I'm, see I'm that. Where is that? Today. Where, where is man, your name just, at the top just, of the leadership board? Just look at the. Just look at the leadership, man. You'll see it. I don't see leadership anywhere. Where is that? Oh, you got to go inside the WAFCA page. You got to go to WAFCA.com, and uh-huh. then, you know, there's the About, the members, our awards, right. our contact information. Just go to the About page, and you'll see the leadership to the right. That's the first time I ever saw it. Oh, uh, yeah, I did see funny. that. Ooh, yeah, yuck. Timothy E. Gordon. Mm. E, man, see, that's the whole name. But but I heard it's you talking still about... Pretty, uh, still pretty ugly that my name's not listed anywhere underneath that leadership, uh, by the way. That's pretty ugly. Well, Travis, but, let's just, just just call a spade a spade. Nobody likes you. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Nobody does like me. Yes, that's not true. Everybody man, loves I'm me. Just, these are jokes, it's man. Just, People love everybody, you, man. Everybody loves me there. It's just a question of whether or not I love everybody. So, uh, but oh, that is true, man. That is true. <laughs> you, are, you, are, you are in rare form at the beginning of your own show. <laughs> well, I've been gone for two weeks, so I, I guess I should be on in rare form uh, in order to get back into the groove of this thing. But uh, go ahead with what you're about to say. You heard me talking. No, I was teasing you, man, because you know, um, uh, as you know, uh, and you and I have talked, that I have been watching like an, an insane amount of movies, and there was only one thing that could make me stop watching movies and make me watch something else, and of course, that was uh, the death of Nelson Mandela this afternoon, which I kept. Right. You know, thinking I was going to write one thing on Facebook, and I wound up writing, like, this longer third or fourth post. So I've just been in Mandela mode all afternoon. But I just think it's an amazing story, man. Yeah, no, his passing, you know, um, I think we've all kind of been expecting it for a while now. But, uh, you know, when it, you're never quite prepared when it actually happens, and it's, 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 it's sad, of course. It's, it's, it's sad to, uh, to lose another giant... Uh, in the realm of, of civil rights and equality, um, he's, a, he's a voice that's never going to be able to be replaced. So it, it is it is big news, and uh, you know, and for obvious reasons, it should distract you from from movies. So yeah, but, uh, but you know, having said that, man, um, you know, I've, I've, I've spent a couple of hours or several hours morning, and uh, you know, we've got one huge movie tomorrow, and I'm, I'm trying to sneak about two or three movies in before that huge movie, because it's going to be on, man, it's less, it's like like 24 hours from now, it's on, Travis, you both <laughs> Yeah, no, you're right, The uh, I, I brought it up in the, in the opening segment that the WAFCA Awards are coming up, 
Uh, we're going to be announcing the winners on Monday morning, uh, you and I, uh, right here on the uh, on Blog Talk Radio and the Hashtag Studios Broadcast Network. Um, go to hashtag, stu- hashtag studios.tv for more Are on we that. doing that? We yeah. doing that? Yeah, we're really? doing that too. Uh, well, all our I shows, do, good, uh, all our I'm shows got a hashtag as well. So, man, uh, I, I, man, I'm glad somebody told me because I was. <laughs> <laughs> well, all, all our shows are part of the hashtag studios network, yours and mine. So it only makes sense to try to steer some people over there to them, doesn't it? So. Yes, uh, yes, sir. Yes. Yeah, yeah, so it's, yeah it's, that was so one of those that. things we didn't have a conversation about. That's why I'm like, really? For real? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry, listeners. I know I know y'all expecting to hear something else, but this is this is kind of what Travis and I do. This is our own dynamic, whether it's film festivals, WETA, my show, sitting at the movies, it's what we do. Yeah, this is it. This is what we do. But uh, let's talk getting, about getting getting sick. Hold on a second. Getting sick together, eating bad food at an unnamed restaurant in Georgetown <laughs> early this week. Hey man, tore my stomach up, boy. Uh, it got me too, man. I'm it, sorry, it, man. It got me good. It drove me out of out of Anchor Man uh, for a few minutes, but uh, it had me scrambling to leave. Woo! So, so. Yeah, I'll be right back, man. I'll be right back. Where you going, man? Um, so I'll be back. <laughs> no, absolutely. But let's talk about the one movie that really that came out this week, and, and it is Out of the Furnace. And as I said in the beginning... What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. It's, a sequ- it's not a sequel, but it's the follow-up from director Scott Cooper, the guy who did Crazy Heart a couple years ago. And this is a gritty, dark, kind of a revenge film, although it doesn't start that way. And it's set in the Rust Belt. And it stars Christian Bale and Casey Affleck as as bro- as poor brothers, you know, kind of eking out a meager existence. Uh, Bale's character is a guy who's trying to do the right thing, live his life working in the mill, while uh, Casey Affleck is a soldier uh, who's come back from fighting and has clearly not been able to... It's come back to find that he's got nothing really to live for. There's nothing waiting for him here. Uh, he gets mixed up with a bad crowd, starts getting into bare-knuckle fighting and things like that. While Bale uh, makes one terrible mistake and finds himself thrown in jail, um, while he's away, uh, Affleck's character gets mixed up with a, with a bad crowd uh, led by uh, Woody Harrelson's character, whose last name is DeGroat, Harlan DeGroat, uh, kind of a backwoods crime lord, so to speak. And everything sort of goes downhill from there. I don't want to spoil it because there's one major thing that happens around halfway through this movie that pretty much flips the entire film on its head. And that's probably the most interesting thing I can say about Out of the Furnace is that it's constantly reworking its narrative. And I think that's one of the most interesting things about it because it begins as a slow burn sort of thriller. It's a very slow burn, actually. Um, but then there's just one terrible event that happens, and the film sort of transitions into a into a revenge thriller, not like Spike Lee's Old Boy, 
it's not fantastical or crazy as that was, but it's no less dark and extremely bleak. But if I had if I had an issue with it, and all the performances are great, Christian Bale is great, and I think Woody Harrelson is as brutal brutal and menacing as he's ever been in his career. I felt like this movie was so obvious. Like everything about it. I knew what was going to happen. Like, there were no surprises in this movie for me. It was going to be bleak. It was always bleak. And because of that, I knew exactly where it was headed. But what what did you think about Out of the Furnace, Tim? Man, you know, I listen to you, man. And, you know, you and I talk, and I have a great deal of respect for your your cinema acumen and this, your is usually, this is usually what you say right before you tell me I'm wrong about something. <laughs> no, no, man. Let me let me finish, man. You know, I'm, I'm I'm on your show. This is your dime. This is Travis Hobson production here, so I'm paying homage, man. You know, I enjoy listening to you uh, give thoughtful analysis to films, um, and, and 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 the thing that I, I admire about you is that. Even when a film doesn't deserve the praise or that level of analysis, you will do it anyway. Now, me, on the <laughs> other hand, when I, when I did this review several hours earlier today, I can, I, can, I can say this really quickly. This movie, to me, uh, it, it had, there, there's, a, there's a second movie that we're not allowed to even say the name. Of. Well, actually, I can say the name of it, but we can't say anything else about it in American Hustle that had uh-huh. a cast that was similar to this movie. You know, you're talking Oscar winners and um, Forrest Whitaker. Sam Shepard is in this movie. Yep. Uh, of course, you got Christian Bale, Woody Harrelson. So you Zoe and, Saldana. Zoe Saldana. You, uh, Casey, I say Casey Affleck already, right? So you, mm-hmm. have, a, you have an amazing cast of people. Um, I thought that this movie was pedestrian. I mean, Christian Bale, I think, I think and this is, this is my fault, and I will, I will readily admit this. I love and am and so invested in Christian Bale, you know, playing Batman, that yeah. unless he does something really radical like the other movie I just named, and I can't wait until we can talk about that one, um, <laughs> it, it, it's like I looked at Bale, and it reminded me of, a, of, a, of an earlier movie he made. Um, what was it called? Harsh Times? like yeah. maybe seven yeah. or eight years ago. It reminded mm-hmm. me in tone of that film. Um, I just thought that, that it, it was interesting. I didn't think there was it. I think it's average. I, think, I don't think it's good. I'm not saying it's bad. It, it, it's just a wonderful kind of placeholder of a movie, but it, it feels woefully out of place with the slate of movies that are currently playing. When you're talking about, the Mandela's and uh, the the the, the uh, what's the the one you just saw with uh, Mark Wahlberg, um, Lone, Survivor. Lone Survivor, and some of these other movies. It just it, to me it just feels out of its element. Forrest Whitaker is wasted in a role that they could have got anybody to play. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Forrest Whitaker can bring anything to that role. It's, it's it's less that he's wasted. I think Zoe Saldana is really wasted here. Her role, yeah. is, she's it's, it's, but, it's but, but anybody could have played Forrest, Forrest Whitaker. Force Whitaker takes roles like this all the time, and I think I don't know if it was you I talked with, with about this, or it may have been uh, one of my punch drunk colleagues, it may have been our friend Rocky. Um, we talked about this that Force Whitaker for every great movie he does, like this year he'll get all sorts of acclaim for The Butler. We can argue about whether or not that movie's any good or not, and whether or not he's really that good in it, but he's going to get a lot of acclaim for The Butler. But 
He's done three or four really shitty movies this year, too. And he does this all the time. Like, he bats 25%. Like, if he were a, a batter, if he were in <laughs> baseball, he'd be hitting 250 all the time. Like, he hits one out of the park, and then he strikes out every other time he's at the plate and with, with runners on base. You know what I mean? And it's like, come on, man. It's, <laughs> it's like that same year he won for The Last King of Scotland. I think that was the same year he put out Street Kings. You know, it's like it's like he puts out a lot of junk, and this is this is part of that where he's just sort of a filler character in a movie that is pretty good, but not all that it could be. Yeah, uh, well, you know, you better than me, man. Um, I had an opportunity to see this thing much earlier than you, and um, like I said, I thought the two most interesting characters in this film, of course, are Woody Harrelson, who channels menace in a way that I didn't I didn't know he had it in him. I I was really impressed. He scared me and I was sitting in the audience, so I can only imagine what they felt on the set watching him go through the paces playing this character. And Casey Affleck, ironically as uh the sh- yeah, as the show was coming on, the end of Goodwill Hunting was on and to watch scrawny Casey Affleck in that final scene jumping out the back seat once they discover that Matt Damon is gone, and you look at him and go, that's the same guy that's in Out of the Furnace? Wow. Right. <laughs> what yeah. a transformation that is. But, but oh, outside yeah. of those two, there's really, I mean, like you said, there's really not a lot. It's not as if there's some twist, even though there is, as you said, uh, a, 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 a scene that occurs that really kind of sh- shifts the dynamic. But outside of that, man, this movie to me is just, just average. It's just nothing. I mean, when, when you when you drop a movie on the first week of December, and you're thinking mm-hmm. it's, it's right smack dab in the middle of Oscar hopeful, I, I'm sorry, man. You know, you know my January philosophy about grade on the curve that the movies are gonna be terrible. <laughs> you know, my December curve is that I'm expecting <laughs> excellence across the board. And if you're dropping a movie in December that can't match up with the other films, like why? What? Like really? I mean, you know from watching the dailies and watching the rushes and the test screenings, you know what these movies are. It's not like it's a secret. You know, but you've got Christian Bale, you got Casey Affleck, you got Forrest Whitaker, you got Sam Shepard, you got Woody Harrelson. So you feel like you've got to take a shot and you've got to put it out there. And if you talk about Forrest yeah. Whitaker striking out, this movie to me is a strikeout. It's like, well, actually, it's not necessarily a strikeout. It's like a foul tip. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's a movie, like like I said, that should be more than what it is, considering the sum of its parts. It just never quite comes to comes together the way it should, and a lot of it is because the first half of the film sort of meanders around, uh, kind of aimless, but then the second half of the film is extremely direct. Like, I know exactly where it's going, to the point where it wasn't all that thrilling. Like, it's, it's, it's the, the dark... What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The darkness of it is pervasive, and that much of it I can appreciate. To me, it was just as bleak, if not more bleak, than, you know, Prisoners, which we saw, you know, a couple months ago. But it's just... Which which is a much better film, by the way. No, Prisoners is a much better film. But, uh, you know, it just... It just doesn't come all together the way that it that it really should. So uh, for me, for me, out of the furnace, I gave it a three out of five in my book. I know in your grade scale, uh, you use you use a letter a letter grade, but what would you probably grade this one? Oh, I gave it a C, man. And and you got to give movie credit that allows me to tell a publicist at the end, you know, well, what did you think about this movie? That's the Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> I was just I was waiting for another opportunity to say the Dark Knight Rises and actually it, it actually be close. <laughs> get it, Dark Knight Rises. Never mind, you didn't you didn't have to see the movie. Oh you did. Oh you didn't get it? Okay, never mind. <laughs> All right, man. Well tell everybody about the Wafco Awards really quick before we get out of here. Well, the WAFCO Awards, man, I'm literally writing up the uh, statement, as, we, as you said earlier. Uh, we're, we're now having our 12th year. I mean, think about that for a second. The 12th year uh, with 18 categories this year, wow. including uh, for the first year, uh, we're going to honor the memory of my former colleague who Travis literally stepped on his neck after he was cold and took over. <laughs> That's a joke, of course. Uh, Joe Barber, uh, we're going to have the uh, award honoring him for the first time. <laughs> the, uh, a, pr- the, a proper award DC for him. Yeah, a proper award for him. So I'm, I'm really looking forward uh, to I, – I, I think I'm, I'm always excited, and, and it's kind of a mixture of excitement and anxiety because I have absolutely no clue on how members are going to vote or what films people will rally around. So, and it's also important because we literally are the fourth major organization to announce our awards. So this is, this is also pressure because the eyes of Hollywood, they've seen, you know, um, the National Board of Review, the Gotham Awards in the New York Film Critics Circle. Now it's the Washington, D.C. Area Film Critics Association. And, you know, the two, two of the members are, are literally on the phone right now on this show. So, <laughs> you know, there, there's some pressure, man, because if, and I'm not going to say there's no such thing as right or wrong. It's about being credible versus being non-credible. In our first right. year, we voted for the road to perdition, and I remember we didn't even have a Facebook or Twitter to the level of what we had in 2003, and um, our, our co-founder, Nell Minow, and I sat on the phone and read the comments from people who were, were I'll just say, less than happy with us <laughs> from our, from, from our organization's choice. And, you know, comments from, are they smoking Mary Barry's crack pipe in D.C. to, I don't know what the hell is going on. So I was like, <laughs> Which so I'm very you sensitive. Were, and, and, and to be fair, critics nowadays are, I think most of them are, are high on Mary Barry's crack pipe. So it's okay. Yeah, man. So I'll need us to say, man. So we're gonna we're gonna announce the results, and along with you, who will co-host it with me, we'll also have from from DC Fox Five, 
our other colleague, Kevin McCarthy, or as we call him on the streets, BDK. Um, so, you know, I'm looking forward to uh, the show. It kicks off at 8 o'clock uh, Monday morning. Uh, that first segment is going to be the announcing of the awards, and then the last 45 minutes we're going to leave the phone lines open for, for members of the public or members, voting members of WAFCA to call in to, uh, to talk about the choices. And invariably, as you've done this in the past, Travis, people will call up and go, man, I wouldn't have voted for such and such. I, I get it, man. That's why it's called the group. It's not, it's not you. <laughs> oh, man. I, I don't know who voted. Travis, I don't know who voted for that, but if it was me, well, actually, it was you, but, you know. So that's Monday. So that's Monday, man, uh, yep. with our WAC Awards, man. So voting starts tomorrow at 5 o'clock after the, the last big movie of the year, which uh, the studio is hoping that that last big movie is good enough to make you forget everything else and go. <laughs> yeah, that's the plan. It, it'll be fresh yeah. in everybody's mind by the time we get to our award. So uh, I, I, I expect it'll it, I expect it'll get a lot of love just based on that alone because we're a short-sighted bunch. So we'll, it won't take us long. <laughs> we'll, the only movie here. we'll only remember two movies by the time we get to our awards. It'll be like American Hustle and, and Tomorrow's Movie, and that'll be that'll get all those will get all the awards. But I just want to jump in really quickly because we did this earlier. Um, I did a preview of uh, not necessarily the WAP Awards, but the awards, I mean, the film from award season. And already movies like Prisoners, Gravity, Fruitvale Station, all those movies have just been forgotten. So it's like there, there were a lot of quality movies that opened earlier this year. And I think people have been blindsided. I know there's all this love for American Hustle, which I liked a lot, but American Hustle is one of a bunch of great movies that came out this year. And I, and I think it's going to be really hard, Travis, to figure out what's the one definitive movie because it is a great year filled with a lot of quality films and performances. Yeah, this has been, and I talked about this earlier at, the, at a luncheon with the Women's National Democratic Club, and I feel like this is one of the, the best all-around years we've had in a long time. I, I'm one of those people who says that every year is good. Um, some are obviously better than others, but every year is good. Sometimes you just have to look harder for those really good movies. This year, they're everywhere. There are a lot of great movies to choose from. Uh, mainstream movies, independent films, foreign films, documentaries. It's a, It's been a stacked group of movies this year. And this time of year, you really get a, get a look at everything that has been so fantastic for the last, you know, 11 months. So, uh, so yeah, there's a lot to choose from, and it's going to be fun. I love award season. I love it, I love it, I love it. The only season well, I, I love better I... is festival season, which begins next month. So You are funny, man. You are funny. But I was going to say that um, I, I've, I've created, like, seven of my lists, and the one list I, I'm, I'm going to do last is going to be my top ten of the year because it will be contingent on what – what places some of these other films fall on these other lists. But you talked about the foreign language and documentary. Documentary, as a rule, is usually always strong. It's very strong this year, but foreign language is just ridiculous, man. I, yeah. You know, we talked about this on the show today. I have 13 movies that I love, and I can't figure out out of those 13 which three I'm going to have to pair to get down to 10. But, it, it, it's man, it's tough. It, it is yeah. really tough. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Great year for foreign movies. Well, Tim, uh, I, will, I will definitely be seeing you tomorrow. 
And I'll chance I'll talk to you. Tomorrow? Later what's, the, what's, the, what's tomorrow, man? <laughs> <laughs> I will definitely be seeing you tomorrow. <laughs> see see if I can get you in trouble. Look, what's tomorrow? It's <laughs> <laughs> the last big movie. So uh, I will. I will, if I don't talk to you uh, later later on, I will definitely talk to you then. All right, man. Wolf of Wall Street, my brother. All right, man. I'll see you there. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> later. Later. All right, that was Tim Gordon, the president of the Washington, D.C. Area Film Critics Association, talking out of the furnace and our upcoming LAFCA Awards. Uh, all right, we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back with uh, my man Julian Lytell, uh, the hater Julian Lytell. But we're going to talk about something that we both that we both actually really love, uh, which is uh, Fast and the Furious and the future of that franchise. Uh, but first, let's take a quick break. And I start the murder and the mutilating Skin and bones and building tools They back Lyrics is unhealthy like crack I love and we on the track Like a rock of bat The anger and energy is in me Locked in memory The electricity So watch the chemistry Born insane Psychotic Berserk Exploring new worlds And territories Like Captain Kirk As I travel and discover Like the Frenchman Underground as have a seance Here's my eerie Theory or thesis To begging for forgiveness Like the deep when I meditate and abbreviate the state, I feed off your skin and dance in your pulse rate. Movements of my hand as I call ten commandments. I dark in your world like tits. The lunatic, I'm losing it. I'm losing it. This is exactly what cops do. He's messing with your head. Maddie's dead, Don. I need to know for sure. Then I'm going with you. You said you were going to leave this life behind. We both said that we were leaving the life behind. He's right. We're family. You got a problem, we deal with it together. Now I feel safer knowing you're both out there, watching each other's backs. You're stronger together. You always were. No, go get Letty. All right, and as you heard there, that's a clip from Fast and Furious 6. Um, and as we talked about briefly in the beginning, uh, the big news of the week was the untimely passing of Paul Walker, um, one of the stars of the Fast and Furious franchise, really kind of the, the centerpiece of the franchise uh, with uh, next to Vin Diesel. Uh, died in a car accident uh, last weekend uh, with a with a friend um, and his death is for obvious reasons it's it's set uh, the franchise uh, in sort of a, a holding pattern but it's also really shown through the outpouring of, of um, remembrances and and uh, and comments that Paul Walker really had an effect on people's lives probably more so than I think people uh, figured, and certainly that goes for me. I, I never really thought that he had made that kind of impact. He's always been somebody that had been more than happy to to kind of you know uh, knock for his acting. Not that he was a bad actor, but he was always just sort of he, he just looked like your stereotypical leading man sort of guy to me. But he's really touched a lot of people's lives, and by all accounts, he was a good man uh, who did not 
use his celebrity for his own personal gain. He used it to help others. And we've seen that he has had a genuine uh, impact on people's lives. Uh, but the franchise is, in, a, in like I said, a holding pattern. And we're going to talk a little bit about the future of the Fast and Furious franchise with my pal and fellow Punch Drunk critic, Julian Lytell. What's up, Julian? Hey, how's it going? I'm good, man. How are you? Oh, I'm doing all right, you know. Yeah. You sure? You sound, you sound a little tired. You all right? Man, it's a, it's a, it's a down week, man. It's a really sad yeah, week. Is. It is. It has been a down week. And as, I, I think we, we've seen it in our friend Rocky, who's been really, you know, really affected by Paul Walker's passing. And we talked a little bit about this on Sunday. That uh, it's a little, it's uh, you know, it's. I think the the reaction to it has been kind of surprising. You know, the there has been such a an outpouring of love and support for everybody involved with that franchise since since this since this happened. Um, but uh, but yeah, it it has been sort of a, a dour week, and you know, um, it's been it's been tough. But uh, but you and I are both big fans of the Fast and Furious franchise, and. Dealing with, while it, it, it seems kind of crass to talk about what's in store for the franchise now, um, we do need to kind of look forward and see what is what are the possibilities here. Um, because obviously his character, Brian O'Connor, was integral to the franchise. He was, he was the guy. It was him and Vin Diesel. They started this thing. And, you know, without Walker there, um, I don't know where this thing can go. Now the most recent news, the most recent news, um, for a while they were they were they had just put filming on hold, um, but just yesterday the Universal finally came out and said that they have put production, they've just pretty much shut it down, pretty much shut down production while they consider their options, um, and part of those options could be starting the French starting. Uh, Fast and Furious 7 over from scratch, um, which I think is interesting. Um, but what, what do you think? Where do you think this thing can go, Julian? Because you and I, you like me, have thought about this a little bit. But where do you think the Fast and Furious fr- uh, franchise goes from here without Paul Walker? I, I think if if they want to continue with their plans of the storyline, you. You know, it seemed like they had a plan to go three more movies, especially mm-hmm. um, with, with this movie basically almost being a revenge for six. I think if they want to continue that, instead of the big set piece of the, the family coming back together for the death of Han, mm-hmm. they might have to start over and have it that 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 character, the the, the transporter character, I'm just going to be completely fanboyish and just call Jason Smith yeah. the fan, the transporter. The transporter <laughs> kills Brian O'Connor. Because even, even though Han is really well loved, especially for the fans, um, it almost seems like for a motivating character to bring everyone back together, mm-hmm. it makes more sense to be Brian O'Connor because Brian O'Connor is actually, for me, more the heart of the franchise than even Vin Diesel's Dom Toretto since mm. Ron O'Connor was in every story except for three. Right. That's the no, only it, one he yeah. wasn't in. And right. I, if they don't do that, I, I, they, the only thing they can do is 
pull a three and make a whole new type of story. Like, I, I don't know what what you can do because you have to honor that the you have to do a way where you honor honor him and his character. You can't just have him not appear because you can't recast him. You, no, definitely. It'd be better. It'd be better to kill the character off and honor him. At least that's my yeah, yeah, and and I would agree with with what you're saying here. There were a lot of options that were apparently that are apparently being considered, but one that is not being considered. And I'm, thank God they're not. Um, they're not considering like recasting the role. You just can't do that. Uh, not with his character, and and they're not considering putting Paul Walker's face on another actor's body like we've seen in some other movies. Uh, thank oh, God for like, both of those. Um, like the, the, what they did to Bruce Lee, you can't do that. Right, you like they did that, like they like they kind of did with the, the Social Network, what they did on the Sopranos. You can't, you can't do that. It, it, it's look, this is a this is a franchise, like we said, where everybody is so close. You know, everybody, not just the cast, but the people who watch it are so invested in these people, so invested in these actors, so invested in these characters. Uh, but to do something like that would be just the ultimate sign of disrespect, it, and it would be insensitive to do something like that. Yeah. I just there's no way they could go that route. At least I don't think so. Yeah, it's like he he played the he played the character for like twelve years. Like you have to. Right. It's kind of like a TV when I, when you know usually when an actor dies, they respectfully kill the character. Unless it's a soap opera, they usually respectfully end the character. Either they fade mm-hmm. away or they they actually kill the kill the characters. It's like there's not much else you can do. And right. I guess you know I, I think people really was affected by because he sounded like a really good guy. And I guess for like a generation of people, the quote unquote millennials, especially the older ones, or the ones in that weird period in between Generation X and, and mm-hmm. the millennials, you grew up with Paul Walker. Like right. you know you're 20. And you're 21 or something, and Fast and Furious came out. That was like the movie. That was nothing was messing with the Fast and Furious, and then they kept on making them. Like that's like a movie made for like an entire generation of people. Right, and I think they're also in an awkward position because, considering the way he he died, I don't think they can kill him off, and I don't think people want to see Brian O'Connor die on screen. Oh, I oh think, no, you can't kill yeah, him in a car. I don't think they can you do can't it. kill him in a car. No, you definitely can't kill him in a car, but I don't think people want to see him die. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh, I think they're going to have to find a way 
to put, to just write him out. And if that means, I mean, it's kind of the perfect time too. You know, his character has just had a baby. He's just become a father. Um, you know, I, I, I think this is probably the perfect opportunity for them to write his character out respectfully. And yeah. I think people will, even if it's a little bit thin because, you know, he's obviously not there, although I'm, I think they could probably take some lines of some things he'll say in the next movie that could probably work. But I think because of the the nature of it, people would be understanding if that scene is a little thin, thinly written. You know what I mean? If it writes him out of the out of the franchise in a respectful way that doesn't that doesn't show him being killed again. What do you think about that? I think if they fade him out and they don't kill the Bono Connor character, mm-hmm. um, you kind of have to get rid of the Jordana Brewster character. Mm. Like yeah, they have no, to definitely. go together, and um, so she might have to bow out of it too. Yeah. For the most part. I just have this sinking feeling. Maybe it's, maybe I'm just too cynical or too much of a hater. I just think if they don't kill them all, some douchebag suit is going to come in and recast them. Like, with, with things change hands or something? I, I don't know. <laughs> I, just, I, like, I just expect bad things to happen if they don't kill the character off. I, I don't know why. But if they do send him away into the, the, the fields of, of driving forever and you don't see him die, but you don't see him in the movie, mm-hmm. you have to get rid of Jordana Bruce. You got to get rid of Maria Toretto, not as a death, but they just have to, like, they gone to hide away and live a nice, happy, non-driving life. Right. They don't want right. to get involved in it. <laughs> no. So, I mean, Universal's got a lot, a lot on their plate right now. I don't envy them this position, but I do appreciate the kind of care and understanding they're putting into every decision that they're making here. Because uh, like I said, I think they've probably been surprised by this too. You know, the reaction to this. Um, yeah. I think it's kind of taking them aback. And they're they're treating it with the respect it deserves. Uh, all the copies of Fast and Furious 6 that are going to be sold on Tuesday, uh, a portion of that, uh, of the proceeds are going to go to Paul Walker's charity, which I think is a beautiful move. Great move. That's great. Um, yeah, it's a great move to make. Because um, he was at his charity, um, or at least just leaving one of his charity events when this, when a tragedy occurred. So it's a, it's a smart move by them, and I think this is only going to win them more uh, fans, actually. Um, so yeah. it's going to make this franchise go even longer. I I, I guess there's, there's that part of me that thinks, you know, that plan to do three more movies, go all the way over to nine, does this kind of put the, you know, put put the brakes on that a little bit? I mean, it, it just seems moving on too far without Paul Walker, it just doesn't, it, I don't know if it, how this, this franchise will feel without him, you know what I mean? They might be, they might be convinced to maybe end it a little bit earlier, maybe end at eight rather than nine. Yeah, yeah, that's the weird one. Like, I, I don't know because you know they did two movies without Vin Diesel, but it's such a tragic way to lose a character and lose an actor that it's kind of weird. Like, like I always wanted them to do ten. Like, I wanted ten. I wanted ten movies, but now it's kind of like, right. like what's Fast and Furious without Brian O'Connor? It's like, like even yeah. though I love Three to Death, it's like yo, 
Brian's my dude. Like, a lot of people's like, oh, I love Fast and Furious. And I was like, I kind of really like Too Fast and Furious a little bit more. I don't know. I just kind of <laughs> like Brian O'Connor. Like, he's just kind of right. like a Nike. He's like that really, like, good Colgate smile. He's like, yeah, everything's going to be all right. And he's going to drive his import, and he's going to beast out. Like, like yeah, it's like, like that, that that was him. And just even when he came back, he's like, oh, man, he's like the Fed, and he's going to find Dom. And, like, all this stuff is almost centered around him, even when he kind of took a background role in, like, five and six. Yeah. He was like, yeah, he's still there. It's still Fast and Furious. Right. Kind of like thinking about the Justice League and like not having the Flash in it or something like, yo, you gotta have the Flash. Yeah. Like, <laughs> right? Even the yeah, right. The guys who don't, it's not always the guys who are the flashiest. You know what I mean? That that end up being the most important. Like Vin Diesel is the flashy guy. He's the main guy. Yeah. But it's not. Brian O'Connor is like the heart and soul of that group. I mean, he's the he's the rock of that group, really. And it's like, yeah. If he's not there, how is this whole thing going to feel? You know what I mean? Uh, so yeah, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. Uh, and our our friend, our Rocky, our colleague Rocky Hadadi just emailed me uh, saying that she just saw a commercial for Fast and Furious Six, and it's, she's trying not to get all upset again. So uh, all, the feelings, her, her, all the feelings, her all the feelings are back. <laughs> all the feelings. Yeah. Like, uh, so yeah. <laughs> like it was weird that the night he died. They were playing the Fast and the Furious on Bravo. I was like, "What? Mm-hmm. This is crazy." And, and even with the future, I don't know if they'll. I guess if they'll use the Lucas Black character as the new, because it's almost Brian O'Connor was like the moral compass character. Because like, all right, right. they're gonna rob this drug dealer. It's okay because you know, still in your heart of hearts, Brian O'Connor's a cop. It's all right. right. He thinks it's right. They can do it. Like he, he brought Dom and all of them out of like being like robbers and crooks to something right. else. So it's like without the moral compass, like what is the team like? Right. Like this, I don't. I don't know. Like he's the dude. Like right. I'm like, he's, like, he's, a, he's really an interesting. He's an interesting moral compass because he did start off as a cop and he did sort of become like them. Like they're they're still. <laughs> they're still criminals, <laughs> but they still do some criminal acts. But it's like, you know, it, it was like it was like a criminal act for the right reasons. It's like when you're mm-hmm. watching the movie, it's like you you feel right about it. Like, all right, the first movie, it's like you really, to be honest, the first movie is Point Break, but better to me. It's just like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, y'all let Dom go. Like you you understand him, yeah, y'all let him go. And, then, and two, he's brought back into it. It's like, oh, he's not a cop. But he's brought back into being a cop, and he took out a drug dealer, and he and he saves his friend, his old friend who's locked up. And it's all good. And like four, he's a dead again, and he he killed. He took out another drug dealer. It's just like every time he was taking out drug dealers, and it's just like yeah, they break the law, but they break the law for the right reasons, like the eighteen or something. <laughs> now it's going to be. I, I I I can't wait to see what they're going to do. Um, with this, it's, it's going to be it's going to be very interesting, that's for sure. But Paul Walker will be missed. Uh, he's still got a, a couple of movies left that have been completed. So uh, he completed Brick Mansions, which is the District B thirteen remake. Uh, another movie that I did not want to see made, but uh, I'm anxious to see yeah. it now. Um, yeah, that was completed. That and he has, movie in a new light. Right, and B thirteen movie in a whole new life because now it's before it's like you love that movie. It's like I don't want to see them remake, remake that movie, but now it's like 
oh man, I kind of want to see all of his last work. Like, right, exactly. Like, oh, exactly. Man. And he also has the movie, the Hurricane Katrina thriller, Hours, which should be coming out in just a few weeks, actually, I believe. So and he's got a couple more movies left, so he's not totally gone yet. But uh, And he'll always live forever in the Fast and Furious. He'll always be associated most closely with that. Um, all right, well, Julian, uh, you know, the thing is, I, I know you've been hanging around for a long time already. Uh, you were on hold for a while, which I apologize for. But... Uh, Oh, okay. Are you in a Are you in a rush? <laughs> no, nah, not really. Okay, because the next segment we're going to get into DVDs and news, and the news section you I want to have you around for because there's some stuff going on that I want to have you around to talk about. Uh, we're going to hash We're going to hash some stuff out. So uh, okay, <laughs> we're going to we're going to take All a right. quick break. Uh, we'll try not to fight. We're going to get into a big... We're going to take a break and we're going to come back and we're going <laughs> to talk about... So if it's not Wonder Woman, we ain't going to fight. Well, unfortunately, Wonder Woman is exactly who we're leading off with. But we're going to come back and talk about Wonder Woman, uh, X, X-Men developments, all sorts of stuff that's going on right now. Uh, lots of good stuff. But uh, let's let's take a break and we'll be right back. Yo, I stand firm with the mic in my hand. Calling out your phone niggas that be biting my man. Keep it up, you know I'm fed up. Now it's time to go head up. I guess who was born, naturally born to leave you torn. Calling out the cause, you best to get it reform. Don't try to innovate. Wait, 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 you still won't sound great. Talking about you got a new style, how you dig in my crates? Well, I'm, I'm here to tell you that I'm busting your bubble. You in some hot water, should I say some lyrical trouble? There's a door, see your way out. Talking about you play your bullshit. Time after time, I call you bluff, you need to quit just. Chill, come on, I know your next move When my truth get together, it's like crank rules I prove a point, make some stands in this hip-hop lane Staying true to the roots, for elements to comprehend You still don't get it, reality is a must Alright, alright, let's get into some DVDs real quick uh, DVDs coming out on next Tuesday, that is December 10th so we're getting around Christmas time, y'all. This is the time to start buying DVDs and Blu-rays for all your, your movie-loving friends and family. Uh, and, of course, you can get all of those at uh, punchdrunkcritics.com. Just click on our shop button. Uh, we're powered by Amazon, so you get the best deals anywhere on the Internet, uh, all the best prices, and you get them in just a couple of days. If you've got the Amazon Prime, you get them for free. That's what I always use. And pretty soon, they'll be sending them joints through drones. Just kidding. They ain't never going to do that shit. Uh, they can say it all they want. They ain't going to send no drones. <laughs> They're never going to be drones delivering your copy of Fast and Furious 6, okay? It's not going to happen. I don't care what that guy says. But anyway, let's talk about the DVDs coming out. Uh, Despicable Me 2 is coming out on Blu-ray and DVD. Uh, my wife's favorite movie probably ever. Uh, I like it as well. One of the better animated movies of the year. Uh, the aforementioned Fast and Furious 6 comes out, I, I think I pre-ordered the Steelbook version, the most expensive one. Um, proceeds are going to Paul Walker's charity, so I hope everybody goes out and buys it. It was probably going to be the number one DVD sold this week anyway, but uh, now I think people are going to be buying multiple copies. Um, Man of Tai Chi, this is Keanu Reeves' jet, uh, directorial debut. One of my favorite movies uh, of the year, and I know that's going to that's gonna sound crazy, but uh, I mean this is a truly awesome old-school Hong Kong fighting flick. I, I love this movie a lot. Uh, surprisingly well done by Keanu Reeves. Uh, the guy knows his stuff. He knows how to shoot some action. Uh, so i got to give him all the credit in the world for that. Um, Adore, this is the badly titled 
badly written movie starring Naomi Watts and Robin Wright, uh, a film that has gone through a number of title changes uh, because in an attempt to make you forget what the movie is actually about. I mean, it's it's about two old friends who start hooking up with one another's uh, sons, and they seem to really they don't ever seem to fight about it. They just seem to be kind of happy about that actually. Uh, so it's it's just not it's not a very good movie. It doesn't deal with the subject in the way it should at all. Um, the Hunt. This is the most recent film from Thomas Vinterberg uh, and starring my man Mads Mikkelsen. Um, this is a great movie. Uh, t- Thomas Vinterberg uh, has been on kind of a, a, a poor streak over the last few years, but he came back with vengeance uh, with The Hunt. And Mads Mikkelsen plays a, a man in a small village uh, who was accused uh, of child abuse. Uh, who has a child accused him of, of sexual abuse. Um, and he's innocent, but nobody in the town believes him because, well, because kids always tell the truth, right? Right. So, yeah, go check out The Hunt, definitely. It's an amazing film. Uh, Battle of the Year, this is the terrible breakdancing movie with Josh Holloway. You can avoid that. Jane Mansfield's Car, this is the Billy Bob Thornton-directed uh, indie film that I missed this year, unfortunately. I'll try to check it out. At some point, Sightseers, the latest uh, dark comedy from Ben Wheatley, which I also need to check out. They did not send us a screener of that, unfortunately. And Barbarian Sound Studio, the kind of Italian-style horror from uh, starring Toby Jones. Uh, that's another one that I need to check out. All right, let's talk about some news. And there's a lot of stuff that go that that's gone on in just the last couple of days. And we got my man, Julian Lytell, who's still hanging on here to talk some news with me. What's up, Julian? What's going on? News time. All right, right, man. Let's talk about some news here. Lots of stuff going on with DC and Marvel. But let's start out with uh, DC Comics here. And we've all heard the rumors about Wonder Woman possibly being in Batman versus Superman or Man of Steel 2, whatever the hell you want to call it. Well, they finally... uh, confirmed that she will be in the movie by casting Fast and Furious star Gal Gadot in the role of Wonder Woman. Now, when the rumors first surfaced that she was one of the contenders, she was my she was my choice. And and not that she looks the most like Wonder Woman, but because I think Gal Gadot is like one of the hottest women in the universe. Uh, so I want to see her in anything, especially dressed up like Wonder Woman. So that was my reasoning behind it. <laughs> but, but you, you on the other hand, you've been a critical of of this of this whole Wonder Woman thing, and I just want to give you a chance to express yourself why you're so worried about what Warner Brothers are going to do with Wonder Woman. Okay, well I'm happy for Gal Gadot because Gal Gadot is a beast. I've loved her since Fast and Furious. And, you know, Fast Five, Essex, freaking Date Night, everything she's been in, that random Captain Morgan commercial. Like, I keep track of her. She's fine. She was actually a soldier. I've had it. I'm glad she's eaten. But I just don't think it's fair that the number one female superhero is a supporting character, a supporting maybe cameo character in the Batman and Superman movie. And I'm going to be right with saying Batman Superman movie because it's not even just totally a Superman sequel because they put Batman in it. So he gets half the movie already. And I just hope, I hope that 
it don't make one woman his romantic interest. Because I think that's even more messed up. That the female superhero, the number one female superhero, is a romantic interest for the most popular male superhero. Right. I just don't think that's cool. And and my, my, my counter to that is that is it's we shouldn't be so worried about that right now. I mean, to think that they to do that to Wonder Woman would require an insane amount of incompetence. And I, I don't I don't think that Warner Brothers and especially David Goyer, who's writing all of these movies the way he's written pretty much everything for DC, uh, I don't think he's incompetent on that level at all. I think he know, and I know that he has. A, I think I know that he has a respect for Wonder Woman um, as a character. So I, I, I seriously doubt that he would do that. I think that he, however he she does, she does end up debuting in in this film. They got huge plans for her. She's gonna. They're gonna make her into an integral character on the level of Batman and Superman. The way she should be everywhere. That's my. That's my. You know, I I hope that you're right, but yo, I had to sit through the new Fifty Two and the choices that DC <laughs> Entertainment is making, and I don't trust all the people in charge anymore. I don't trust right. the direction they're taking with their characters. So right. as much hope as that you had, like I've been seeing it, like I'm seeing what they're doing, and it's just like I don't I don't think you're being that respectful to Wonder Woman all the time. And right. I, I just like come on. She's she's now Superman's girlfriend in the in the comics, and this is like Which I don't is, know. I don't know if there's always that respect for the Superman to tell those, the truth. Those aren't I don't bad know things in and of themselves, him. though. Those aren't bad things in and of themselves. Having her be Superman's girlfriend. I mean, she he's his she's he's her girl. He's her boyfriend. I mean, does that diminish him? I, I don't think so. I don't think it diminishes nah, her. Nah, that just makes it weird to me because then you 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 portray in the movie the one that I don't care for but still the main thing Hello, it is Ryan and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com I looked over at the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. They're like, yo, Superman loves Lois Lane. But then, in the, like, I don't even understand. That's just confusing. I just, I don't know what their plan is, like compare it with Marvel. They don't well, I mean, even their comic books align with what everything aligns right now. I don't want everything to I don't want everything to align. I, 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 it doesn't have to connect, that, but it they need to to feel not too far off. Like I, I don't I don't like, want you know, to, I don't want them to start becoming beholden to the movies or the movies becoming beholden to the comics. That's one of the things Marvel has been doing lately that I've never really liked. That their comics have been changing to reflect how things are on screen, and I, I don't want them to do that. I want them to be as separate as possible 
Uh, I don't want them to be that way because then they'll start becoming predictable, and that's that's something I just don't I don't want to ever see that. I, I just feel like I, I feel like that we need to take a, a wait and see approach when it comes to Wonder Woman before we start hating on what they're going to do before even a single lick of anything has been revealed. I mean, the rumors of her being Batman's girlfriend are just that rumors. They're not they're not anything that's remotely remotely true yet. And and like I said before, even if she is Batman, Bruce Wayne's girlfriend, the fact that she's <laughs> Diana Prince, we know she's going to be a lot more than that. <laughs> so, and, and and honestly, I'd be kind of interested to see how that would work out anyway. Batman being Wonder Woman's uh, boyfriend, I think that would be interesting because I've never seen that. I don't think I've ever seen that before. Um, so to me, that would be interesting. So. I don't know. We'll see it. We'll see how it goes. But there's other DC news as well. Um, uh, something uh, you had mentioned a couple of days ago, and I had posted about a couple of days ago. But DC Comics is is planning lower budget movies uh, based on some of their other characters, uh, the Suicide Squad team, uh, Booster Gold, and some other ones. Now Marvel had this plan a few years ago also to make lower budget movies with some of their B list characters, and we've kind of seen that play out. Um, on the small screen instead because the movies they were planning back then were like Luke Cage, Power Man, and they're getting their own TV shows. One of those that was on that list was Doctor Strange, and he's rumored to have his own movie coming in a few years, but we haven't seen it yet. But DC is doing their own thing similar to that. Uh, And the one that I'm the most excited about is Suicide Squad because it's one of the few DC comics that I used to read religiously um, back in the day. I don't really... I haven't been following it lately. I don't know what they're doing with the Suicide Squad now. But uh, I used to read a long time ago, back when it was Captain Boomerang and Bronze Tiger and Deadshot and those guys. That's when I used to read it. Um, But, uh, I I mean, I I love this idea of seeing Suicide Squad on the big screen. Uh, They were planning a movie based on them years ago, and I think they had hired Justin Marks to write it, and and nothing ever came of it. But I'm glad to see that project revived again. But uh, what are your thoughts on DC taking this route? And are you happy to see these characters uh, given the big screen treatment? I'm up in the air because it depends on which version they go with. Like, if they go for, like, the Amanda Waller and Rick Flagg Jr. and people can just randomly die and freaking maybe, like, Clock King and, like, Digger Harkness up in there throwing his boomerangs mm-hmm. at people and, and my man Deadshot clapping people, it can be awesome. Yeah. Now, if they go with that thing with the half-butt-naked Harley Quinn <laughs> and, and everything else, if they was doing a new 52, yeah. nah, man, it ain't going to be that good. Not to me. <laughs> and it's weird because that's the that's a movie that could work as a good low-budget movie, but it could also work as, like, a like a really hardcore TV show if they, I don't know, put it on one of those yeah. many networks they have on cable. Like, I don't know, like TNT. They have a mob yeah. city. They can do the Suicide Squad. But um, it, it really depends on what version of the characters and how smart they do the script. I just like to right. jokingly say I'm going to hate on it, but it's a good idea. It's probably what they should have been doing a long time ago instead of they could have beat Marvel to the punch if they would use all these random other ideas that they just have in their universe There's nothing mm-hmm. to do with superheroes but are very interesting that wouldn't have cost them a lot of money. Like, a right. dude throws a boomerang. That doesn't cost you 
bazillions of dollars. Like, right. you could put that out in, like, March or freaking October and just make, like, $100 million real easy if you just right. make it cool. Yeah, no, yeah, I, I'm, who, I'm with who knows? you. No, I'm with you on that. Uh, I think this could be an amazing idea. I mean, you could turn this into your own, like, Inglorious bastard style movie or something. You could do a lot of things mm. with this, uh, with that concept. Uh, I mean, they're they're basically like the the dirty dozen. I mean, you could do you could do a lot of great things with this with the Suicide Squad concept. And and, I, and there's a part of me that wishes they could bring they would bring back Angela Bassett as Amanda Waller because. I, she's not responsible for how bad that Green Lantern movie was. Go ahead and bring her back. Let her play that role. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> who, like, who cares? Like, I don't care. care. Yeah, nobody really will. Nah, nobody will care. Yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> they could bring her in. It'll work. Yeah. I have no problem exactly. with that. Exactly. Uh, one more bit of news I want to get, get to is something that just came out in the last couple of hours. Uh, Brian Singer hit tweet, uh, Twitter, and he... Uh, he uh, tweeted that X-Men Apocalypse is coming out in 2016. Now, that was then confirmed by uh, Box Office Mojo, who said that the date is May 27th, 2016, for X-Men Apocalypse. Now, there's no details on it. a date it. already? It's a date, May 27th, 2016. Um, there's no details on it, of course. Um, now, but when you call it X-Men Apocalypse, obviously what comes to mind is the the primary, the chief uh, X-Men villain, Apocalypse. Now, I know a lot of people will say it's Magneto, and yes, Magneto is, I guess, the primary villain for the X-Men, but Apocalypse is the big daddy, okay? Apocalypse is, is the <laughs> guy. Apocalypse is the dude. Uh, guy, he's a long-lived, uh, basically immortal mutant uh, who lives by the credo of survival of the fittest, and he's been a part of two of my, of my two favorite X-Men storylines, which was Executioner's Song and Age of Apocalypse. Now, I, I can't help but think that this movie is going to follow the Age of Apocalypse to some degree. Because we're already talking about X-Men Days of Future Past coming out next year, which is dealing with the timeline, an altered timeline, so to speak. And X-Men Age of Apocalypse was essentially that. Uh, Charles Xavier is killed by his son Legion, and it creates an alternate timeline where Xavier did not exist. The, uh, most of the members of the X-Men are either villains or they've been drastically altered, and Apocalypse basically rules the world. I can see that being the storyline that they're that they're building towards. But uh, what are your immediate first reaction thoughts to to this idea of X-Men Apocalypse, Julian? I, I don't know. He's going to be to me. He's a hard one to bring across in a movie. Mm-hmm. It's just like he, first of all, he looks he looks great in the cartoon. He looks great in the comic book, but in the movie, he looks kind of crazy. And it's like the spaceship. <laughs> and then you bringing that up, it's like you're going to do two movies in which the timeline gets messed up, and there's time travel and changing things and going back in the past, kind of sort of. Mm-hmm. I don't know. People might really be like critical of that. It's like, yo, like you just did this. Why are you doing it again? The execution song could be dope, but it's interesting that both of those storylines deal with Professor Xavier basically getting bodied. Right. <laughs> they killed right. either way. Like he's not good for him. But right. That was when he got shot and infected with yeah. the legacy virus. <laughs> yeah. It, it was the technoorganic virus, which is they could use that to set up right. my mad cable. Because they got to right. bring cable and we know to make the, the X-Force, X-Force movie. movie. 
Right, we know the X-Force movie is coming. Uh, X-Force was an integral part of Execution of Song as well. So uh, there, there are a lot of different ways they can go with this. And I think you make a good point, though, one that I didn't even really think about, um, that people might be tired of the whole alternate timeline thing. And maybe that they decide, they'll decide, because of that, uh, maybe Age of Apocalypse won't be the storyline they go towards. But I don't know how you introduce Apocalypse in there without it. Like, I don't know if you want to put him in the regular timeline and just have him be another villain, because he's not just another villain. He has to be he has to be the kind of villain that you fight for a handful of movies. You know what I mean? He's just not somebody you oh, yeah. fight until he goes away. That's not the case. Yeah. And you got to so, um, you got to bring Ben Foster back because you got to make an Archangel. Right. Like this, this opens <laughs> up right. a whole new bag of worms because that means we need Mister Sinister. You gotta somehow bring Cyclops back. Um, like, <laughs> there's a lot of things going on with this. Like, yeah. I, it's, it's, it opens up a big bag of worms. Isn't it? I don't know because then that cool story. You got Uncanny X Force with the freaking Apocalypse Kid and shoot him in in the face. Like I. I <laughs> Like, there's a lot of things you can do with Apocalypse, and he's kind of cool. He's like my number three dude. But, like, he's... Like, you got yeah. spaceships, and then you got the, the horsemen, and... and But, yeah, you need Archangel. Like, you ain't got an Apocalypse story. You need yeah. an Archangel in this. You, you, do need to have, you do need to have Angel in there somewhere, and that would be great if they could bring back Ben Foster. I mean, they've already con- combined... Well, at least they're combining, you know both sets of casts for Days of Future Past, the, the original crew and the X-Men First Class crew. But, and it, it, what it does is it allows for them to kind of restart things a little bit. And, you know, I, I assume, I mean, I guess this is kind of like, this will kind of be like X-Men 4 because we never got that fourth true X-Men movie. I guess you could probably say X-Men First Class is it, but you know what I mean. The, the fourth of the yeah. quote-unquote Brian Singer trilogy, even though he only directed two of them. But um, I, I, I can kind of see a diverging happening here or something where we we start following that original team of X-Men again. And maybe the X-Men First Class crew splits off and we follow them. Maybe one of these groups becomes X-Force. You know? Maybe hey, something man, like as that. As long as I get cable. As long as I get cable. Like, that's the important <laughs> part. If you ain't got no yeah. cable, it ain't X-Force. You, cable yeah. is so important to this. And he's kind of important to Apocalypse. Like, it's kind of weird because Apocalypse was, like, big thing about X-Factor. And X-Factor is about the original five X-Men. Yo, I need I need some of them. I don't know. You can bring Gene back somehow. I don't care. Like, there's a lot of stuff going on. They're going to make a clone gene. They're going to get Malin Prime in here. I'd like, like to see them bring in a younger gene somehow. Uh, because as much as I love Famka Jansen, she uh, she always looked so much older than James Marsden. That I was like, eh. And this doesn't look yeah. right to me. <laughs> she she <laughs> like fit right with Wolverine. It made sense. They both look more grown. It's like, right. Yeah, you should be with fucking Wolverine. Like, he's he's grown man. He's a grown Although woman. J- <laughs> Although James Marsden is is now old enough that it probably looks more even, but uh, back then I was like, Ugh, that doesn't that just that Gene Gray ain't working for me as much as I love Sam Jansen. But uh, yeah. now there's a there's a lot of different ways they can go with this, and I'm excited to start hearing some details because, you know, I'm an X Men guy. I am not an Avengers guy. I never have been. I've I started reading Avengers back when Kurt Busiek started writing it. You know, all those years ago with George Perez. 
And that was when I oh, became... Oh, you mean uh, Heroes Return, right? Heroes Return, that was good. Right around that time, right, 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 right when we launched that new um, Avengers number one with Kurt Busiek and George Perez was when I started reading the Avengers. Um, I had an old girlfriend who was an Avenger. She was as much invested in the Avengers as I was invested in the X-Men. But uh, And I've kind of stuck with the Avengers ever since then, and I, I consider myself a fan. But the X-Men are my home. That's where I grew up on, and that's what I've read faithfully for 30 years. Uh, X-Men are my shit. So I want to see 20th Century Fox build themselves an X-Men franchise that matches Marvel's Avengers franchise. That's what I ultimately want. Because that would be what I've always dreamed, dreamed of as a comic book fan. That'd be nice. It'd be, it'd be, it's cool because that means you could have a movie that doesn't have Magneto as a main part. It's like the villain. Because right. a lot of those movies, he was kind of an anti-hero or antagonist. And this is like, Ariel Apocalypse. Like, no, yeah. I'm the big bad. I've been around since ancient Egypt. And then yeah. it could tie in to the Fantastic Four because you got Rama Tut. You got Kang. It can all nope. work together, Travis. All tied together. All tied together. Dang. Nope, you're right. I mean, if 20th Fox does this does this thing right, because you're you're right. They have Fantastic Four as well. You know, they've got Deadpool. They've got they've got some other stuff. They got a lot of stuff they can use here. Um, they can build something really huge uh, if they want to. So I'm I'm curious to see where that's going to go. But X Men X Men Apocalypse is the new thing I'm going to be obsessing over for a while. Uh, <laughs> trying to find every bit <laughs> of information I can find on it, uh, because I mean, as much as I love Spider-Man, you know, and I enjoyed that Spider-Man Two trailer today. Yeah, it's nice. Um, I enjoy all this stuff that DC is doing now. Wonder Woman, hey, that's great. Gal Gadot, awesome. Uh, tell me that Apocalypse is going to be in the next X-Men movie, and, and I'm there. So, um, but that's it. That's pretty much it. So that's that's all the news I had that was really worth talking about. And it's always it always tends to trend towards superhero stuff. But, uh, Julian, it was it was good to have you on for an extended period today, my friend. Oh, thanks for having me on the show. Oh, absolutely, man. Uh, I will talk to you soon, and if I don't see you soon, then I'll talk to you on Sunday for the Punch Drunk Podcast show. All right, man. Enjoy yourself right. this weekend. All right, man. Oh, yeah, and get ready for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. next week, man. We're getting down to the mid Oh, yeah. Two-parter. <laughs> yep, two-parter. Yeah, All right, sweet. man. I'll talk to you soon. Winner sweeps. Later, man. All right, that's my man Julian Lytell, fellow punch drunk critic, uh, talking some news, talking some Marvel, talking some DC. God, it's a great time to be a super uh, a comic book fan right now, man. At least in the movies, uh, comics are okay, but in the movies and being a comic book fan, it's pretty awesome. All right, and it's time to go ahead and get out of here. Uh, it's been another fun show. Uh, I want to thank everybody for joining me. Uh, that includes my friend Tim Gordon, uh, talking about Out of the Furnace, and uh, Julian Lytell, talk some news. Uh, your best movies in theaters this weekend. Uh, definitely go check out Spike Lee's Old Boy. I know you didn't get, get, didn't get a chance to talk about it last week, but it's, it's a film that stands on its own. Uh, don't go in there trying to compare it to the original film by Park Channel. Just don't. Go in there with a fresh set of eyes. This is a very enjoyable movie. Um, Disney's Frozen is one of the best animated movies of the year. Terrific soundtrack. Great songs. Uh, classic Disney. Disney in its, in, in, at its finest, for sure. Uh, and also, The Hunger Games Catching Fire is still out there. By now, you've probably all seen it. But uh, we'll see it again. 
I sure did. I saw it twice. Might go see it a third time. So, yeah. Definitely go see The Hunger Games Catching Fire. Uh, next week. Uh, next week's show. Uh, the Hobbit, The Desolation of Smog is the top movie we're going to be talking about. And also Disney's Saving Mr. Banks with Tom Hanks and Emma Thompson. And I also think we'll start beginning our um, best of the year events. If not next week, then the week after. We're going to start rounding up the best performances of the year, the best movies of the year, the best scenes of the year, uh, the best supporting players of the year. The best hotties of the year. The hottest hotties of the year. We're going to start rounding up all that stuff uh, over the next few weeks. Possibly beginning next week. So, stay tuned. And, uh, you know, just keep an eye out, man. We're here to inform you. We all love movies, right? I'm Travis Hobson. Uh, you can find me every day at punchdrunkcritics.com and examiner.com. And you can find this show, Cinema Royale, right here on Blog Talk Radio. And also as part of the Hashtag Studios Broadcast Network. You can find us at hashtagstudios.tv. So definitely go do that and check out all of Hashtag's programming. Uh, I want to thank you for joining me. It's been a great show. I will talk to you soon. Goodbye. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.